Hey, everybody, it's Gary, the producer for Lights Up, Ensemble Theater of Chattanooga's new podcast for playwrights, performers, and patrons of theater. I wanted to see if you've heard about Anchor. Anchor, the platform that's hosting our podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, well, I am happy to be the first to tell you about it. It is free. F-R-E-E. That's right, free. Um, There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer uh, or your phone. And Anchor will distribute the podcast that you create so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. And you know what else? It doesn't cost you anything, but you can make money from your podcast, and you don't even have to have a minimum listenership. That's right. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So do like we did. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R, or anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started and create your podcast. This episode of Lights Up contains mature language. Lights Up on a park bench. Lights Up on a desk. Lights Up on a park bench. 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 Lights up on Looking Cute. I know, this is a small story of relatively no importance, but bear with me. In February and early March, I was doing a show in the Berkshires. The last time I did a show in the Berkshires, in 2012, I went to a Marshall's an event for a person who resides in New York City, and found these fun t-shirts for like $3.99 and $7 and and ridiculous prices like that. I still have a few of those eight-year-old t-shirts, actually, two of which are the familiar Dungeons & Dragons and Sprite t-shirts I still wear. You know the ones. So uh, this time, being back in the Berkshires in early 2020, Marshall's was high on my list places to go. I went. Every shirt that I liked fit, and each one was cheaper than the next, but also of preposterously higher quality than the last. These weren't t-shirts this time. These were good-looking shirts, a true embarrassment of cheap riches. I bought all five of them. I wore one of them once at the end of my time in the Berkshires, but my plan, well, Not a well-thought-out plan, but just merely an expectation. Something I thought was a given. Was to wear them back home after I arrived in New York City on March 8th. You know, when I went out to look cute, to feel good, to, you know, wear my new shirts. Well, best laid plans, I guess. My new shirts are folded neatly in my closet. If shirts had personalities and expectations and wants and desires, they'd be confused now, thinking they would have seen New York City by now and experienced the life of their owner literally hanging on his back. (laughs) Well, new shirts, you're going to have to wait. But you'll have your time in the sun, on the balcony, at an audition, at Hell's Kitchen restaurant, dodging your owner's clumsy spill of a steak quesadilla. On a first new date, looking at the Hudson River during a stroll along the West Side Highway. Finally, getting spilled on by an IPA at a fancy, now-delayed reading of your owner's new play. Fingers fucking crossed until they break. Guffawing and laughing with friends being carefree and, and enjoying every ounce of life a deeper way than any of us ever thought possible. New shirts, we, and the rest of the world have a date. See you in 2021. And I'm going to look cute.
All right, so that was New Shirts by Peter Macklin, performed by Daniel Meeks. So in this episode, what we decided to do was invite playwrights to send us a monologue about something that they would like to bring the lights up on in 2021. Yes, thank you so much, Christy, for introducing that first piece. And we are so excited to hear these monologues from our playwrights. And what's even more exciting, I know it's our word of lights up, uh, is that not only do we have playwrights that gave us plays that were featured throughout the season, but we also have monologues from playwrights who participated in our propped contest throughout the season. So we're really looking forward to hearing from a multitude of different voices. And we also were very lucky to have some of our superstar actors come back and perform these pieces for you. So that's what you've got up ahead of you for this next episode. It's a bunch of little monologues from familiar voices, both from the writing and acting perspective. Lights up on being an ally. I have this really bad habit of saying, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, you know, like nodding and going along as if I already know and completely understand and agree with whatever has just been said when actually this is all kind of brand new information for me. Like a minute ago, I was talking to Hannah and she was ranting about performative allies posting I stand with you stuff and, and black boxes on social media and how that's useless and frustrating because it overshadows the actually useful posts. And I was like, mm-hmm. Because she's like this great ally and she usually knows what she's talking about. And, and I didn't want to look like the idiot who didn't know that this was a thing and totally doesn't understand why it's a problem. So I just said, mm-hmm. And sometimes the occasional totally, if I'm feeling bold. Why don't I just say, I don't know. Why can't I just ask, God, what's up with that? It's like it's, it's some sort of knee-jerk reaction, like a reflex, like some woke person, blah, blah, blah. This is something you should totally already know. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's wrong with posting the black boxes? I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Like... All my friends on social media seemed like they knew what they were talking about and I felt like I'd be an idiot if I didn't post it, so I did. And now Hannah's like, that's not helpful. And I'm like, mm-hmm, as if I didn't just post it this morning. And what am I supposed to do now, delete it? I mean, what is it that people expect from me? Or, wait, that's not what I meant. I mean, if there was a way that I could make it better or... Shit. Um... I'm gonna try to stop doing that. Being performative, really. No more mm-hmm. I'm gonna replace that reflex with, um, can you explain that or no, uh, I guess I should research it because the internet already has that information, right? And besides, I should know where the information is coming from to make sure that it's reliable, I guess. Wow. And that was Mm-hmm, written by Emma S. Rund and performed by Elise Mayfield. Lights up on what is beneath the mask. When the doctors told me she was gone, I thought love was gone too. Forever, that is. You get set in your ways and the idea of suddenly seeking a new partner after 30 years felt daunting. 
I was thinking about that as I was preparing the Thanksgiving meal for me and my son. I cook out of necessity because, as I told my friends, if I didn't do it, we would all starve. But I did make it easy on myself this year. I paid Whole Foods a lot of money for a pre-cooked turkey. That allowed me to focus instead on the sides. The kids could go watch football while their old man stayed in the kitchen. The only one really paying attention to me was the dog. The instructions called for me to heat the turkey for two hours at 350 degrees. That gave me a window to prepare everything else. I lined up all the ingredients across the counter. Apples, carefully peeled and sliced. Boiled potatoes, ready to be mashed. Empty cans of cream of mushroom soup. The contents spread across a layer of green beans. Cranberries washed and ready for their fate. I had just managed to squeeze the bird into the oven when the rye bread caught my eye. I literally did one of those Elmer Fudd double takes. You know, the ones he used to make when Bugs Bunny duped him again. Three-fourths of the loaf was covered in green mold. Perfect color for the season, but not for consumption. I only bought it a few days ago. What the fuck happened? I talk to God all the time, but he never makes it easy. That's because he talks to me in allegories. So, I stared at this multicolored loaf looking for a special message. I had high hopes when the year started, but that was before the pandemic took away my job and then my wife. I shook my head. Writing bread as a statement about my life felt a little too neat. Sometimes bad bread is just bad bread. My local stop and shop is about five minutes down the road. I was amazed it was open at all. After yelling to the kids to keep an eye on the oven, I put the bread in the passenger seat, quickly checked to see if there were masks in the center console, and then lurched my aging Volvo out of the garage. It was busier than I expected. Apparently, too many people had forgotten to get butter or spices or other sundries. A single woman stood watch behind the customer help counter. I couldn't remember seeing her before, but that thought quickly faded away. I was just happy there was no line. When you wear a mask all the time, you start to focus on people's eyes. They can tell you a lot. They told me she was pretty calm. Can I help you? I knew she was smiling underneath her mask and not in a perfunctory way. I bought this just a few days ago, I pointed at the bread, still in a clear bag, but the green mold glowed like kryptonite. Oh my goodness, she said. There's a tone of real concern in her voice. That caught me off guard. I felt a need to offer an explanation. I guess I could have waited an extra day, but I'm cooking dinner and you know, I understand, she said. And at that moment, I knew she did. A middle-aged man cooking his own Thanksgiving meal alone. Easy to reach the obvious conclusion. I noticed a slight flash in her eye and I quickly rubbed my thumb on my finger just to make sure my wedding ring wasn't there. I can give you your money back or let you pick out a new loaf, she said. I nodded at the second suggestion. She reached her hand out to me and I hesitated. She sensed it, even with mask, our flirting made us blush. You'll need to give me the bread, she said. Of course, I muttered. And in the exchange, when I touched her hand ever so slightly, the possibilities seemed to open up. I swiftly retreated to the bread aisle and found an acceptable substitute. I brought it back to the woman to ring up the return. Her eyes smiled again. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I hope to see you back here again soon, she said. I nodded and made a mental note of her work shift. As I walked across the parking lot, I looked up into the sky and smiled. A new loaf for an old one. Now I understood, which left me with one remaining question. I wonder what she looked like without a mask. That was Our Daily Loaf, written by Mike Sockel and performed by Rodney Strong. Lights up on walking. Most relaxed I feel is when I'm walking around New York City, especially late at night. Oh, sure, there's traffic and noise and people, but it's, well, it's sort of like white noise. It becomes a symphony. It provides me with such joy. Oh, I, that probably seems like a, 
an odd thing, huh? <laughs> but it, it's also the perfect thing to do on a date. Just walk the city. People watch you. You can learn a lot about your compatibility with another person. You see if they're a, a walk-the-city person or not. They want to stop, explore a store, you know, have a snack, eat food from a street vendor. <laughs> well, all these things are important. Are they a spontaneous person? You can have a pretty good impression of someone after a good walk in New York. You want to know if somebody's right for you? Take them for a walk. We walked five miles on that first walk, all around the city. We just talking, laughing. <laughs> And we're still together 30 years later. <laughs> You just heard Untitled by Paolo Muccio, performed by Bruce Shaw. Lights up on intimacy. I've been having this reoccurring dream about Chris Evans. No, not that kind of dream. In this dream, Chris wearing that gorgeous cable knit sweater from Knives Out, wraps his arms around me and gives me the most blissful hug imaginable. It's a full-on bear hug, just enough pressure to make me feel cared for, appreciated, and safe. I can feel the warmth of his body, the tenderness, his beard pressed against my face, gently scraping against my cheek. Invariably, I wake up to find my cat, Fred, sleeping on my face. <laughs> As a divorced woman of a certain age, well, let's just say that my desire for sex has gone on an extended vacation and not even bothered to send me so much as a postcard. <laughs> and I'm not waiting by the mailbox either. I'm happy living alone. I relish it. I love the freedom of living my own life without all the tension and downsides involved in a relationship. I practice self-care and luxuriate in my daily routines. So when the pandemic hit and we were advised to shelter in place, I thought, I've got this. Sure, it was stressful at first, figuring out how this temporary new world would work, worrying about cleaning surfaces, finding masks, avoiding risks, and practicing social distancing. And what was the deal with people hoarding toilet paper? Once the new normal was established though, I felt happy in my own world and even thrived in the slower pace of life. I stayed in contact with friends and family, keeping distance when we met in person, usually outdoors and always with a mask. And then the dreams started. It wasn't just Chris who hugged me. It was a wide array of loved ones and acquaintances, past and present. My parents, an elementary school teacher, college roommates, old neighbors, new neighbors, co-workers, and various circles of friends. <laughs> Even my ex. I realized there was a big difference in this world of COVID-19. I was missing physical contact with other people, real hugs, not those virtual hugs people offer, their arms dangling awkwardly, moving mechanically in some sort of self-defeated shrug. An affection from a cat wasn't gonna cut it. I needed to wrap my arms around friends or be wrapped in their arms, feeling love and affection while squeezing together. So. I'm declaring 2021 the year of hugs, real hugs, big hugs, taking in someone's sense, whether it's a whiff of cologne, soap, dryer sheets, or something they've been cooking or eating, feeling them breathe or the sensation of hearing the hum in their bodies when they speak, pressing so closely that the pet fur on their clothes transfers to mine. 
Depending on how quick the population is vaccinated and the coronavirus is under control, the year of hugs may be only half a year, but I will be giving and receiving more than a year's worth of hugs. And, Chris, if you're listening to this, give me a call just as soon as you're vaccinated. I'm waiting for a real hug from you. Oh, and will you bring some toilet paper when you stop by? That was The Year of Hugs, written by Peter Dakutis and performed by Kashan Parks. Lights up on touch. Hey, handsome, what's your name? Well, my friends call me Mikey. Want to be my friend? So before we go any further, I just want to say that I was absolutely honored to have you select my hands. I love what we do here, and it's a genuine thrill every time I get a notification. Uh, So I am touching my legs. My fingers are grazing the hair on my legs, and I'm rubbing my thumb along my inner thighs. I am hovering a few millimeters away from my skin so that I can feel the air move as my fingers move and uh, I'm getting (laughs) goose flesh from my knees to my hip. So, before we go any further, I just want to say that I was absolutely honored to have you select my hands. I love what we do here, and it's a genuine thrill every time I get a notification. Uh-huh. <clears throat> go get my belt. I said, go get my belt. Now! Now, pull down your pants! So, before we go any further, I just want to say that I was absolutely honored to have you select my hands. I love what we do here, and it's a genuine thrill every time I get a notification. I open my eyes. I can feel you in the room with me. I hear your steps. I close my eyes and pretend to be asleep, but then I feel it. Your skin on my skin, your finger on my face. I tilt my head toward you, letting my mouth open to find you. Mm, So hungry. You pull away, but I want, I need. I open my mouth and a cry escapes me. I want, I need, I cry, you, you, you take me into your arms, bring my head to your shoulder. We will do this so many times, skin to skin, my whole body moving with your breath, your finger on my face again. (gasps) I wrap my entire hand around your finger and bring it to my mouth. You hold me. You rock me. You feed me. I am new. I am yours. And, uh, hello? So before we go any further, I just want to say that I was absolutely honored that you chose my touch. I I love what we do here, and it's a genuine thrill every time I get a notification. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm here. I am, uh, I'm here. Betty, mom. Uh, I'm here. I am in the room. I'm rubbing my thumbs across the insides of my fingers. And I'm messing with my hair. 
you always called me out for messing with my hair. Call. So. I walk over to your bed. I'm walking over to your bed. And. I push your hair out of your face. I wish you would open your eyes. I know if you could, you would see. I kiss your forehead. I linger. Your skin is paper, sand and air, cool and leaving. I linger. I miss your warmth. I find comfort in the lack of you. I tuck my chin, forehead to forehead, and Eskimo kiss your nose. I linger, my breath in your ear. I say the things I should have said before. The things I would regret regret saying. The things that maybe I could only say here and now and with my lips at your ear. Secrets and truths so close they kiss you. And through all this, my hand on your hand, my... Uh, uh, right, yes, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks. so rude about it. <sighs> I just gotta do 38 more. So before we go any further, I just want to say I was absolutely honored that you chose my touch. I love what we do here and it's a genuine thrill every time I get a notification. Derek Van Barham for that monologue, Touch Eater, performed by Brian Tishnell. Lights up on being good. Today, I will go out and try again. Today, I will revisit the day I visited yesterday, but with more confidence. Today, I will not scream. I will not scream and freak people out. If I do scream, I will make sure the scream has no spiky points. It will not hurt me as it escapes my throat. Nor will it hurt the person I am screaming at. Today, I will try and see the light in people's eyes. I will pretend all the light in the world is there. Even if all I see are shark eyes. Today, I will think of God more. I will make a space for Him in my heart. My heart will not crowd out God with useless anger. I will not crowd out God by feeling all the feelings I usually feel that make me want to scream. Today, the sun is shining. I have noticed it. I will not stop feeling it there, even if the day starts clouding over. Uh, Metaphorically speaking, today I will have more empathy for people who are assholes. I will try and understand why they are that way. Mm, No. Today I won't spend any time thinking about them think about what makes a people an asshole is to sink into their mindset. And do I really want to spend time in the mind of someone who has shit for brain? That is nobody's life goal over. Uh, Listen to me. Your only option is to avoid such people. But may soon, sometimes rude, aggressive people are unavoidable. You know that. So be prepared. 
try and avoid them yes but occasionally out of nowhere they are they are in your face with no inhibitions no filters to prevent the assholery that comes out of their mouth so please don't get stuck in got it but what are you going to do if it happens again i'm asking seriously not a clue you haven't started your day and already you are stuck in the negatives so today if someone tugs at my hijab on the bus or in the street or in a <laughs> i'm only kidding kind of a way i will not take out my brass knuckles i will not take them out perhaps alone in a bathroom stall after the impulse to take them out has passed to remind me of what i could have done but did not because i didn't want to crowd out god from my heart the brass knuckles will be used as a reminder of the wrong path i could have taken but it not for good making me by my brass knuckle hand and saying maybe not me soon maybe but maybe not today i will honor my self defense instructor by not engaging the haters the first line of defense is walking away a woman with your credentials doesn't need to in- engage with someone whose only skill seems to be motor and drooling your smile you walk away you confuse them with your sincere wish that they have a nice day sir i see you are clearly having a bad day i truly hope it gets better and god bless you god bless you <laughs> and then just walk walk away a simple god bless is more effective than a hammer to the kneecaps they will be floored by your smile who needs brass knuckles when love can pierce the heart really deeply pierce the heart and twist just just let god's love twist in there love is not weakness love is a weapon fuck up their day with love but you have to mean it sincerely otherwise it won't work which means you can't get any satisfaction when you see their mouths drop or inshallah doubled up in the agony of their own ignorance by a gut punch from love thank you mesoon for trying to be grown up about this and may i say you are looking especially nice today and i i don't mean that in a vain kardashian kind of a way why wear this if you are not going to at least try and honor god do you wear this to escape the treadmill of latest fashion no you do it to remember god and you can do that by behaving calmly honorably never stooping down to the label of the people who insult you why they feel they need to insult you who cares that's their business yes their holes filled primarily with fecal matter aka s holes but that's their punishment you could be a saint and try and relieve them of their poop filled qualities but you already have a full time job one day maybe god will give you the patience to be a full time ambassador of his but right now focus on not reacting and remember in the first law of thermodynamics 
that which is fucked up about people can neither be created anew nor destroyed there are a limited number of awful people out there and that's all you may one day grow into someone who can change people's mind but you are not there yet not by a long shot you feel you feel too much you hurt too easily focus on not hurting today focus on not hurting don't flinch don't bleed don't break down and cry don't just don't embarrass me please i can't keep patching you up every day it's a, it's too exhausting me soon you are a good person i am not just saying that uh well i am because most days i want to scream in a very uncharitable way can you be a good person and be angry all the time i don't know i am asking good people rise about it all don't they it's that what's special about good people they float above the thin film of scum that seems of coat everything oh look at elizabeth she's so nice to everyone she's always has a smile for you so gracious such dignity elizabeth is genuinely a good person one day i will be elizabeth one day um but today i will be settled for me the best version of myself so repeat after me today i will not hurt i will not hurt i will not cry i will not cry i will not scream not scream today i will try and see the good in everyone today i will try and see the good in everyone inshallah bismillah al rahman al rahim hello day i am ready for you are you ready for me You just heard Brass Knuckles by Yusuf Elgwendi performed by Kashish Bajpi. Lights up on the lost sock. I hear you in the bedroom packing while I sort laundry on the kitchen table. I can do this still one last time just like the repetition of the dryer turning. The thump of wet jeans is a punch to the chest over and over until it's time to go. I had to wait until it became my own idea, knowing that you would not be with me forever. I knew it for a long time. Felt guilt sick about it, but I had to wait until it was mine so I could put it in my pocket like a worry stone and carry it around. Get hungry for it like a piece of bitter sweet hard candy. even then i didn't want it most days i'm nervous like a shy child one that's been scolded not too much just enough to know about pain but not yet moved on to the courage beyond it so afraid of it coming holding on to that candy in my pocket the sorting is the same but now it is division between your cardboard box and my closet twice as many stacks half as high i cannot explain it with it right in front of me i know that i am slow to realize love 
holding on to a lost sock after it's too late, knowing love is arguing to do what you know the other person wants instead of what you want. I figured that out too late. The odd sock is yours. The blame is mine. I won't be able to bring you back with its worn scent or say it was more than white. From now on, the only barefoot I will touch is my own. We did not know in the beginning the ways that we would separate ourselves in the end. We started out lost in the basket, in the machine, and on the floor. We didn't care. There is a lump in the sock. I shake it, and a stone lands on your folded underwear. In the other room, the drawer that will always stick cries out as you close it. Wood and wax that wasn't enough. If I were in the room or not, I keep your odd sock. That was Lost Sock, written by Thomas White and performed by Savvy Mazda. Lights up on Moving On. Hi there, Christine. Thank you so much for meeting with me tonight. It's been seven months and 14 days since I've last been on date. No, no, that sounds desperate. <clears throat> well, hello there, Christine. Heaven must have lost an angel tonight because she's standing right here in front of me. Oh, dang it, that won't work. The dating guidebook says don't talk about religion on the first date. So, how about football? Everybody loves football, right? But what if she's from Canada or something and she doesn't even know what football is? I think they call it soccer over there or something, right? Ah, I don't even know what to talk about. This is stupid. I just knew this whole dating thing was a bad idea. No, wait. If she is from Canada, then we can just talk about hockey. Canadians love hockey, right? So that's what we'll do. We'll talk about... But what the heck do I know about hockey? Oh, jeez, why did I agree to this? I'm just not cut out for dating. No, no. Come on, Robert. Snap out of this. You used to be so smooth with the ladies. Why, I remember back in high school, you often had two or three dates in one month. You had those girls eating out of the palm of your hand. Well, Jessica Rubenstein did anyways. When she was holding both of our soda pops at the movie theater and I had to feed her the gummy worms. But then, of course, Julia came along and I didn't even have to try anymore. She just fell right into place with me. <laughs> I didn't even have to try. I, Whatever I wanted to talk about, she listened. Wherever I wanted to go, she... No, no, Robert, Julia's been gone for seven months now, and it's time to move on. <sighs> Hi, Christine. My name is Robert, and my wife died in a horrible car accident. How are you today? Uh, this is going to be the worst date of my life. You just heard The Jitters, written by Daniel Guyton and performed by Scott Harrison. Lights up on forgiveness. I went to visit my mother yesterday. Hold on, just hear me out. I've worked on this all day. I, I drank a whole bottle of Moscato and ate a small jar of creamy peanut butter on the kitchen counter with my feet in the sink, and I just, <laughs> I just, I just need to get this out. I went to visit my mother yesterday. She's not doing well with the tubes, breathing, coughing, the crying. I, I sat with her for three hours and we never said a word. I just held her hand. The bridge between divided worlds. 
Whenever I would start to say something, she would gently squeeze my hand, telling me to stop, I assume. But we know me. I wasn't ever gonna really say anything. These gesture of affections, the squeezes, reminded me of those times when you'd come up behind me late at night when I sat behind my sewing machines feverishly trying to meet a client's deadline and you would gingerly kiss the top of my head. On the surface, you were probably saying, I'm, I'm going to bed. But in my mind, you were saying, you're working too hard. Stop avoiding me. Slow down and stop making excuses. I also know you were saying, I love you. And giving me all the apologies I, I wanted but never heard. Your kiss and her little squeezes spoke so deeply to me. Each time she squeezed my hand, she'd sigh. And this glimmer of a tear would swell in my periphery. And I saw in that tear a reflection of so many moments in my life. Moments of shame, moments of regret, mistakes, and immaturities, and with every squeeze came moments of disappointment. So I just... I let go. I had, I had to let it go. It just... It was too much. Too much for me. Oof. Ah, this is too much for me, too. I am not gifted with the constitution of a loyalist. I have only the spine for my own comfort. And you show me parts of myself that I wish I knew better. But that I will I'll never explore. Being trapped inside my ignorance is comforting. So, I am here for an apology. No, not yours. <laughs> Mine. You're not the waste of my insecurities. Or the mistake of my existence. Oh, God. You're not the crashing wave that destroyed my raft of emotions and left them deserted on an island, lost. You didn't flush my dreams down the toilet. You just weren't. You weren't, and I... I'm sorry I tried to make you... To fix you... To pray a happiness into your being... My happiness... I sat with my mom for three hours... And simply by squeezing her hand, she managed to say... I'm sorry... In a way that I was able to hear... One squeeze said, I apologize, baby. One squeeze said, My love isn't a conditional arrangement. One little squeeze even said, I'm, I'm sorry for the time we lost. I've not come here tonight with any expectations. Just a blessing. Can I hold your hand? One last time. And for our final monologue of this episode, we actually kind of finished where we started. That was Little Squeezes by Gary Lee Posey, who wrote the play for our very first episode. So thank you for giving us some content again, Gary. And it was performed beautifully by Bronte Upshaw.
Yeah, so that actually wraps our first full season of Lights Up. We are excited that season two will be launching in February 2021. Um, and we have already had over 70 submissions just for that season. It's, it's an overwhelming amount of content, but we're just so excited to um, sort through it. If you still want to send in a submission for season two, you can send it to um, our email, which is lightsup at ensembletheateropchattanooga.com. We will also have the email in the show notes um, so that you can see it. We are also really excited to announce two more additions to the Lights Up family. So the first we are going to announce is called Lights Up Junior. Yes, and so this is going to be a sister podcast, a sibling podcast, if you will, to our Lights Up, which you've been listening to all season long. But this time we're going to highlight playwrights from school age, under 18 playwrights. So we're going to have young, budding, emerging playwrights submit plays to us, and then we're going to produce them, have them read, and we're going to get to interview them about their process and what they're learning along the way. So we're really excited to have Lights Up Junior join the family, and that will be hosted by two members of ETC's education branch. And the second edition is going to be a show called Speak Up. So where Lights Up, we get to focus on the playwrights. Speak Up is going to focus on the actors and the process of performing a monologue. So every episode, we will get to hear three actors really explore a monologue. And it's just going to be a wonderful growing opportunity for performers. Thank you all so much for supporting us on this venture. We didn't really know what we were doing and you stuck with us and came with us along the way. And if you want to hear more from Lights Up and you want to hear more about Lights Up Junior and Speak Up, you can always consider becoming a monthly sponsor to help us produce this content and giving back to our community, especially now when we're all having to do everything virtual. You can become a monthly sponsor by visiting ETC's website or checking out the information on Lights Up homepage. Thanks again, happy holidays, and we are so grateful for each and every one of you. Lights Up is a podcast produced by the Ensemble Theater of Chattanooga a 501c3 nonprofit independent theater company located in Southeast Tennessee. Lights Up is hosted by Christy Gallo and Dana Colagiovanni. Sound by Eric Red Wyatt. Graphics by Jamie Goodnight. And Casey Keelan as the associate producer. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, copied, or presented without the expressed written consent of the Ensemble Theatre of Chattanooga. The plays presented on this podcast are protected by all national and international copyright laws. If you are interested in producing any of the plays featured on Lights Up, contact us and we will get you in touch with the playwright. If you would like your play considered for a future episode or would like to be an actor or reader, please shoot us a message at lightsup at ensembletheatreofchattanooga.com. As a nonprofit, ETC relies on donations and the goodwill of patrons and supporters like you. If you would like to make a one-time donation to ETC, please visit our website for details. Or you can become a monthly subscriber on Patreon and get access to exclusive content. You can also support us by giving us a like and rating this podcast. Lights Up is hosted by Anchor, a Spotify company. The easiest way to make a podcast.